For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Mark Didici. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we look at two key questions of students in quarantine. First, what's happening next semester? And second, how do I find love in the time of COVID-19? It's Sunday, November 22nd. Before we get into the main topics today, some exciting news at the Prince. Yesterday, members of the staff elected Emma Treadway, Class of 22, Editor-in-Chief of the 145th Managing Board. Treadway has served the Prince as an Associate Opinion Editor for the past year. The 145th Board starts in January and will last for the calendar year. Classes are all but over for Princeton students this fall, and but for roughly 300 students given special permission, no one has been on campus. That hasn't been the case everywhere else in the college world. Even within the Ivy League, there have been some bold reopening plans. And looking forward to the spring, after students have dealt with isolation and worse this fall, many universities are going for a bolder approach. Princeton hasn't announced its plans yet. It will in the first week of December, but Daybreak's Jack Anderson sat down with Prince reporter Caitlin McNally to discuss reopening around the Ivy League and what we can expect in that rapidly approaching decision. So with the first semester coming to a close, I think everyone in the Princeton community is looking to the second semester and wondering what classes will look like and specifically who will be allowed on campus. So Caitlin, what do we know so far about what second semester might look like? As of right now, we really don't know anything about Princeton's plans. Uh, They simply said that they're going to let us know the first week of December. We have known, I think, from Dean Dolan that they did say originally that seniors were going to be the priority, but they didn't say who the second priority was. But they said that earlier on in the year. And other than that, we really just know that they are working on plans for hybrid uh, classes as well as plans for online classes, and I think they've released some information about how they were planning on or researching into testing, but they really have not disclosed whether or not they will let us back on campus. So obviously at Princeton there's been very few students, but what does the first semester look like on other college campuses? So there's obviously a lot of other schools that have fully opened up or have allowed a lot of students back, like Cornell, for example, allowed uh, every class to come back. So every year has some students back and I'm sure there are some students that chose to stay home, but they welcomed as many as they could back to campus and they've operated very well. Their um, risk has been fairly low and I think a lot of the other colleges have handled it really well because of their testing. So in comparison to Princeton, I know Princeton's uh, testing scores have been low on campus as well considering how many few students are there. I think uh, a lot of the numbers on campuses that do have a large number of students have controlled it fairly well, especially like the Ivy Leagues. And so with the Ivy League, have any of the other seven schools announced what their plans are for the second semester? Uh, so for the Ivy Leagues, we have at least one class going back for every school. I think it is Columbia and Harvard that's only having one back. They're having seniors come back for the spring. And for the other colleges, they're at least having a few classes, if not all classes, come back. And so do you think there's any chance that uh, the other schools in the Ivy League will influence Princeton's decision at all? I want to say that I hope so. Um, but since most of the schools did have students on campus in the fall, uh, I think it was only three that didn't. It was Columbia and UPenn that also had no students on campus. I want to say that the success from these other student, these other schools will hopefully influence Princeton to try to follow in their footsteps. But I have to say that since um, Columbia is only going with seniors and so is Harvard, that also may be an influence only to do one class grade. 
So is it safe to say that in general, Princeton has been a little bit more cautious uh, than the rest of the Ivy League in making their decisions? I think they definitely took uh, more caution than some of the other Ivy Leagues with avoiding uh, having a lot of students on campus. And they're also avoiding making the wrong call, I think, by waiting out this time. I don't think they want to announce something again and then have to pull it back like last time. And Caitlin, when can we expect to know more about what next semester will be like? So far, the university has announced that it should be the first week of December. So Princeton students have been physically dispersed this semester, and I'm sure I don't need to say it, but losing the campus community has not been easy. Amid a flurry of efforts to replicate some sort of closeness amid the distance, one particular project has grown in popularity, an app called Tiger Crush. It's a website developed by three students, where any Princeton student can log on and add any other as a crush. If you and another person have a crush on each other, it's a match. You get an email informing you both, and you can take it from there. But if someone has a crush on you, and you don't feel the same, they show up as a secret admirer. A nameless number, unheard and unknown. So, how has this app been used in the past few months? Daybreak's Jack Anderson sat down with Prince Features writer Sydney Eck to discuss. Okay, so Sydney, for listeners who aren't familiar with it, uh, tell us what Tiger Crush is. So, Tiger Crush is an app uh, where Princeton students, members of the Princeton community, can log on and anonymously send crushes to other members of the Princeton community. Um, and if two people both send an anonymous crush to one another, they match. Um, and then their identities are revealed. So it's a totally risk-free way to see if someone you like likes you. And this is not the first time there's been something like this on Princeton's campus, is that correct? That's correct. Um, so Josh Weinstein, who was a graduate, a member of the graduating class of 09, um, developed Good Crush, um, or Crush Finder, which was the original version of this app, uh, and he released it on Valentine's Day in 2007. Um, and the current developers took that as a, a point of inspiration and brought it to the virtual semester that we're in right now. And so do we have any way of knowing uh, just how popular the Tiger Crush app is right now? Um, there are some stats on how popular the Tiger Crush app is. Um, I don't have them in front of me, um, but it's got a fairly heavy user base. Um, without any sort of major event. The original app that was released in 2007 was released around Valentine's Day um, with about 30% of the the student population getting on there um, within about 24 hours. Um, Without a a central event like that, um, the amount of traffic that uh, Tiger Crush has seen has been really, really um, exciting and promising. Given that there's no sort of central event, uh, why do you think that it's gained so much popularity right now? Honestly, in a virtual semester, people are lonely. People are looking for connection. They're hoping to reach out and find something that's that's meaningful to them um, in a time that can be so isolating. And so I think that's a large part of it. And another part of it is people are always on their computers, always on their phones in, in this digital age. Um, and so it makes it very accessible. And so uh, one final question. In your article, you um, touched on some of the concerns about, about privacy with app. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, so... Um, something that the developers have brought up is that anytime you engage with something in the digital world, your data is accessible to the developers because it's needed to to go about programming. Um, and so they're having concerns because your crush is that something that's so intimate and so personal. Um, and so the developers have moved uh, testing for the site into a QA environment 
um, which should increase anonymity. Um, and they've also vowed that they will never look at who your crushes are. Um, but people are still concerned because it is something that's very personal to them. That's all for Daybreak this weekend. Today's episode was written still under the 144th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed and performed by Ed Horn, class of 22. For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Mark Didici. Have a wonderful Sunday.